Hi there, it's Natasha. Welcome to another episode on the Well Stylist Podcast, where women come to live happier, financially healthier, and more fulfilled in life. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Tina Marie, a mindset and success coach, also known as the Numbers Ninja. She spent 12 years in both the restaurant, bar industry, and the accounting world. She is currently studying at the Gold Imagery Institute for her PCC coaching credentials. She helps her clients empower themselves and take action with clarity and focus by creating a safe space and tools to gain confidence. Her goal is to provide her clients with the tools, confidence, and skills to elevate themselves, their mindsets, and continue to contribute to their community wherever that may be. I'm super excited to have Tina on the Well Stylist podcast. And I met Tina at a financial conference here in Orlando, I would say about a year ago. And she had such a vibrant spirit. (laughs) I knew that she would be someone that I would connect with later. I believe that we all have divine connections in our life. And this has been that moment where we reconnected to give or to share with you mindset tools to help you design a life that you love living. Tina, could you tell us or share with us who you are and what you do? Hi, yeah. Thanks for having me today. I feel honored. And uh, again, my name is Tina Marie. I'm a mindset success coach for entrepreneurs who wants to change the world and change their community. I kind of started off as a business finance coach about three years ago, three and a half years ago. Had spent about 14 plus years at the time in bookkeeping, accounting, and taxes, and in the restaurant bar industry. And so I really decided to branch out to help small business owners to stay open. I saw too many of them shutting down. But um, my journey kind of transformed into being a mindset and success coach. So I teach all about business, but I also teach about money mindset and how to handle being a CEO because um, I was seeing so many of my clients, um, they were doing everything right. They were making the changes that somehow would fall back into old habits. And just through personal journey of becoming an entrepreneur, I realized like I was doing things that were really out of character and I couldn't figure out what my struggle was. So I spent the past two and a half years kind of going through this journey, studying millionaires, studying about money mindset and law of attraction. And I found it really incredibly fascinating. And that 80% of running a business or doing anything in your life is really your mindset. That's very true. Um, mindset is such a powerful foundation. You know, I always believe that it's inner wealth first before it's outer wealth. And many times we are looking for the outer, you know, realities and hoping that that would change with what's going on, the foundational, you know, principles like you talked about within ourselves. But it's quite the opposite, the inner wealth first and then the realities become that manifestation piece. So talking about money sometimes makes most women business owner cringe. You know, making money, managing money is a strategic foundation for success. So why is money mindset important for us in our business? It's incredibly important. There's just a myriad of of things I can talk about. I think for the biggest part, especially for women, is we just accept that whatever part in our lives when it comes to money is where we're supposed to be. I think a lot of women, when they get promoted, they don't start to negotiate their pay and they'll just accept what they're being offered. And when it comes to business, 
it's we are afraid to ask, I, I don't want to say what we're worth, but we're afraid to ask the value of what we give out. Mm-hmm. So I've seen so many of my clients undercharge for they have had 20 plus years experience. I'm like, why are you charging $30 an hour? You need to be charging a lot more than that. And another thing, and I found, and I'm going to share this personally is I am decent at sales, but I couldn't put myself out there to promote my own business. When I first started, I had much more luck and it was easier for me to promote everybody else around me, Mm. but myself. And it was reason was I was afraid that people wouldn't think I was valuable enough or that I was an expert or that I was even going to help anybody or anybody wanted help from me. And so I have to change, I had to change that mindset. And I think there's so many women out there that are so afraid to put themselves out there or have imposter syndrome and what they don't realize if they don't have that right money mindset, it's actually preventing them from growing their businesses and growing themselves. Yes, and I totally agree. And we spoke about this before recording, that if, you know, just personally, if we see money as an issue, it would always be a stop sign, no matter if we're earning, spending, saving, or investing. So changing, you know, the belief systems around money, which brings me to the next topic. We know that we're meant to bring something insanely positive, powerful to the world. I mean, that's why we decided to hire ourselves and go into business. However, in one study that was conducted by Merrill Lynch, it showed that 61% of women said that they would rather discuss the details of their own death than money. And I found that very alarming. In that study, it also showed that women tend to have more complicated relationship with money than men. Because for women, you know, it represents security and the ability to care for our family. And sometimes, you know, I believe if we don't have a positive relationship with ourselves, it will show up as disharmony and emotional disconnection with our money, which makes it more difficult for us to earn and it makes it more a, a more frightening experience. So how do we identify any limiting beliefs that are blocking the natural flow of money in our life and business? Well, we really need to evaluate the money stories that we created as kids. So a lot of our limiting beliefs are things that we picked up subconsciously between the ages of three and seven. Mm -hmm. And so really exploring what our early money stories are. So what was like the earliest memories of money? Um, What were the things that you heard growing up? Not just from your parents, maybe it's your grandparents or the major adult influences in your life. Um, What you've watched on TV and then kind of peel back and then start asking, well, why did I create this story? What was this story trying to tell me? And really sitting down and asking yourself, I think the biggest part that people can't get over this hump of their money stories or limiting beliefs is they're too afraid to look it head on. And it means, you know, you got to look at if you are hoarding And you can hoard in different, different ways. A lot Mm -hmm. of people would save a ton of money, but they're too afraid to spend it. That's not living life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of people who will make more money and then start spending it more. So you could be, I've known six figure earners that lived paycheck to paycheck. And it's because they're afraid of having that much money. Or um, so our spending habits, our saving habits, how we view our relationship with money 
um, really has to do with these stories that we've built as kids and it's all subconscious and sitting down and going through those stories and actually journaling them out and understanding where that connection is to your current habits. I think that that's really key, Tina. I share quite often that I started not with a book with my money journey, uh, but with a journal. And the reason why I say that is I have the degrees, the finance, the real estate background, you know, certifications, and that still was not enough for me. I still felt that there was something that I needed to prove. And as a result of me not having that positive relationship with myself, I felt that that just infused into my money. It kind of just transferred into my money habits. And my break-in moment came when I gave birth to my daughter, who was premature. You know, well, it actually started a little before then because I had to go on bed rest. And at five months, I could no longer work. So I had about $150 saved in my account. I was just thinking, stressing in that moment of how am I going to take care of myself? How am I going to, you know, you get so many, it's just so Mm -hmm. overwhelming and so powerful. And then I started to blame myself. I started to have this unworthiness, this not enoughness and this shame, this frustration, this guilt through time, you know, and I couldn't start with the book because I didn't have any money to start with. So I was like, there is nothing that this book can tell me that can change my situation at this moment. And I think, you you know, you find what you need in the moment of where you are and only you can become aware of that. And so for me, I always have enjoyed journaling and I felt that that was a great starting point because it was a non-judgmental zone for me. But then it also allowed me to become more self-aware of my thoughts, my attitudes, my belief, um, my behavior. Because at that point, I wouldn't say I was in depression, but I knew that something was shifting for me. But I had to become self-aware. And the only way that I was able to do that was actually journaling it out and, you know, writing now, what is my experience with money? You know, why do I feel this way with with money? And then also looking at some of the belief system that I heard as a child growing up, like my parents are Jamaican. So they're um, Islanders. And a lot of the... I guess the conversation is, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. I'm sure we probably heard that. Um, My mom, anytime she dealt with financial, any financial situation, she always said she was going to see a man about a dog. And that was just so confusing for me as a child growing up. So, you know, (laughs) a man and a dog, what, what does that have to do? You know, as I got older, I had to decode a lot of those belief systems that I was holding myself hostage to because even though we don't say them, they're still programming, they're underneath and programming our life. Like I would go to the store and although I knew I could afford it, I would put it back because, you know, I saw my mom put it back and she would say, this is too expensive. Not simply because I couldn't afford it. It's just, I had those pre-programming belief systems and I had to do a lot of inner work (laughs) to change the outer work of my reality it all started with journaling. It all started with becoming self-aware of my money, what I was doing, you know, the emotions that I had attached to money and actually writing a different story for myself. And I share this because beliefs have such a powerful, they have the power to create and the power to destroy. And as human beings, we have the ability to take an experience of our life and create a meaning that either will disempower us or give us an opportunity to see a new perspective on life. 
And so what I've had to do is eliminate those limiting beliefs by replacing them with an empowering belief. So I want to ask you, Tina, what is a simple transformation process that we can do today to forgive and relieve beliefs of unworthiness and not enoughness? I'm going to give you three. Okay, good. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, and they're all really simple things that you can do within five minutes of your day. You can create a screensaver for your phone. Mm. And this is what I did for myself. And I either put the main affirmation that I was refocusing on changing my story. So I changed that up. Or you can put, I am enough. What is the one thing that we're always looking at all the time? It's our phones. Mm -hmm. It's whether we're texting family or catching up on social media, but in your screensaver and your wallpaper, it should say something like, whatever your money belief is, if you don't believe that money's coming to you easily, then let's change that story and use affirmations because words are so incredibly powerful in programming mm -hmm. your beliefs. Um, so put something like, Money comes to me easily in expected and unexpected ways. And I add unexpected ways because so many of us, not just the business owners, just think money only comes through our clients or money only comes through our paycheck, but money can come to us in all different kinds of ways. The second one is practicing gratitude and forgiveness every mm -hmm. single night. So I journal every night, um, either in... Um, I have a digital journal or I see it out loud with my husband or I write them down three things that I'm grateful for for the day. And it could be anything. It could be like, I'm grateful that I was able to do laundry. There's so many people around the world that can't do laundry. Or I'm grateful for right now because it's 110 degrees here. I'm grateful I have AC. And then this is the biggest thing is writing forgiveness. Um, what we don't all realize is the reason why we have hold on to a lot of our limiting beliefs or we're too afraid to tackle our finances and our money story is we hold shame and guilt. And when you hold shame and guilt, it stores on a cellular level. Mm -hmm. And that does affect how we go day to day and staying high vibed and staying positive. So when we start forgiveness, not only with ourselves and things that we've done in the past, it could be small or big and forgive people around us. Practicing that, even if you don't say it in front of that person, if you just write down, you know, today I snapped at my husband um, and just write down, I forgive you, thank you, I'm sorry, and I love you. I can't pronounce it right, but it's actually a Hawaiian forgiveness exercise. And it was really weird for me the first time I did it, but the more I practice it, the more um, lightness I felt in my body and day to day just felt more in flow when you do that. So I believe it's called Ho'oponono, or I just mm. probably said it wrong, but um, it is a Hawaiian for forgiveness prayer or Hawaiian forgiveness exercise, and you can Google it or YouTube it. And it's just really simple. It's writing down what you've been holding on. Um, either anger or resentment towards someone or yourself or a situation. And you just write down that, those four statements to help release. 
I have heard of that um, before. I can't remember the name specifically, but I think I've heard it in, in passing or through like a workshop that I've taken uh, about the forgiveness process. And I mm -hmm. think forgiveness is so important because it set, it's, we don't forgive for the other person's sake for someone else. We actually forgive for our own peace of mind. Mm -hmm. you know, I think that that's so important because when I think of forgiveness, what I, for me personally, I believe if I don't forgive you, what I do for myself is I set myself to believe that what you did to me is, is a, my reality. Instead of believing that the universe is conspiring in every moment to support me, it kind of moves me out of the framework of, or the perspective of thinking lack and scarcity and moves me into the space of abundance and prosperity when we do those forgiveness steps. I think it's really important. Instead, you know, our forgiveness is for our peace of mind and it's, you know, to show us that the universe is still conspiring to support us. It's still conspiring to bring us peace, love, joy, and happiness. I think it's a big perspective shift. One of the things you shared um, was having it on your phone. I, I totally agree with that. Um, one of the things that I know I have done, um, I used a doorknob handle and I would consistently check in with myself and ask myself, how am I handling life? Because you know, it's a handle, the doorknob. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that has been such a powerful strategy for me because now it just happens automatically because I've been doing it for so long that every time I touch the doorknob, I'm like, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then it's like, it's like a quick process. In the beginning, yeah. it took some time, but it's a quick process. And then the fact of not enoughness, that's huge. I feel like we live in a world where a lot of, especially women business owners don't feel like they're enough. And one of the things that I do is I do like a simple, like it's, it takes about a minute and I ask myself, do I really think that this is true? Have yes. I, you know, th just asking, like starting to delete or question some of your belief system. Like Natasha, do you really think that that's true? Like, really? Like what have you accomplished to show that that could not, that could be furthest from the truth? You know, what have you experienced for yourself enough times to be confident to know that that's not true? You know, and then another question I would ask myself is, do you really know that that belief is true without a shadow of a doubt? So it's like you start to question a lot of those belief systems. And sometimes I feel like, I think I shared this on social media, that you have to tell the negative committee inside your head to sit down and shut up. And mm -hmm. sometimes I do, like, I'm serious. Like, I'm like, okay, mm, shut up, delete. Like my husband's looking at me like, what is going on with you? He's like, oh no, she's having a moment. So <laughs> like he knows he's at the point where he's like, okay, yep. I'm going to leave you alone. You're having a moment. Um, because sometimes you just have to do those things to position yourself to move from the lens again, from scarcity to abundance and opportunity, because we live in an abundant world, but many times, you know, our perspective and our perception shift that reality. So I definitely agree. Um, and I like to teach my clients and reteach myself. I think what we have to realize is mindset work will always be continuous work. Yes. There is no oh, I mastered it and everything is fine. No, it is continuous work. So if you're on like this great flow and then you make a mistake, forgive yourself. Self-compassion is really, really huge. When you get to that moment, like you said, is self-awareness and catching those moments. And we have to understand, I call it the inner critic or ego. Mm -hmm. Those negative thoughts, it's not a bad thing. It's just 
it is, we are biologically ingrained to help protect ourselves. So that is what the ego is trying to do. Whenever we get step outside of something uncomfortable or step outside into something that we're unfamiliar with, we're going to get those like red alarms and sounds and bells and whistles and those negative thoughts like, no, no, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Are you sure we can step out and do that? Or what we have to realize is it's not immediate physical danger (laughs) and sit down. It's like, okay, is this productive thinking or is it just myself trying to protect myself, but I know I'm going to be safe and I'm just gonna, we just got to tell that inner critic. And what I like Mm -hmm. to tell my clients is you wouldn't talk to your best friend that way. Very true. So try to reword or reframe that messaging to something positive and kind and caring. It's like, Hey, I'm afraid to be on video or put myself out there for my business because what if people say bad things? And you can say, well, there's always going to be someone out there that has an opinion, but I'm out here to reach the people who need my help. So it's like those things. So being really, that's, those are the kind of things that I teach my clients and teach our, teach myself consistently. And I say this because it's, it's not a one and done thing. And I think, you know, this, it's a constant journey. Mm -hmm. And whenever you start to level up, you're going to feel resistance because you are being put in a place that you're not used to. So just remind yourselves and be kind to yourselves that it, it will be a consistent journey and this path and working on your mindset. That's so and reframing things. That's so true. Cause I have two sticky notes on my computer and one of the sticky notes says there's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. And I think that that's so important, especially with whatever you're pursuing with your passion to realize that everything that you're receiving is just feedback, but you have an opportunity to do something different. It doesn't mean that you're failing. It just means that this is feedback. You didn't get the result that you wanted. So what can you do differently so that you can experience the result that you want to have in your life? And then, so that's the first one. There's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. And usually I have like an affirmation for the week that I want to repeat to myself. And I keep those two sticky notes there to remind me, you know, uh, to focus on (laughs) good things, (laughs) to be positive. Um, And it can be overwhelming because life happens. Things happen, especially if your wife, your mom, you know, your friend, you have all the other elements. I think what's helped me is to have a holistic view of what wealth is, which has been one of my greatest shift is understanding that all the components are important. My health, fun time, quality time with family, because I didn't want to build something where I was wealthy in one area and bankrupt in another. So I had to start looking at wealth as a holistic point of view. Mm-hmm. So, so with that being said, how, you know, what can we do in our present moment to become an energetic match to earn, you know, for our great work? No, I have a saying called track what you want to attract. And um, I actually learned this from Manifestation Babe a couple years ago. And it was one of those things that really just stood out in my brain. And I think a lot of us hide from our finances. We get mad at when we get bills in the mail. Um, We don't sit down and actually track our expenses and see how much income is coming in. And that whole process is really to me, a healing process. Before I used to think like, oh my God, there's bills in the mail. It's trying to take my money. 
is starting to <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just got my paycheck. What do you mean I got to pay all these bills? And I don't even want to go online and look at my bank accounts. Like, I know there's no money in there. I know that and- feeling. I've been there. <laughs> believe me. Believe me, Tina. I know that feeling. And gratitude. Forgiveness Mm -hmm. will set you free, but gratitude will keep you present and feeling abundant in the moment. And the shift at looking at your bills in a sense of gratitude, and everyone's like, what you mean to be grateful for bills? If you start looking at your bills, like your electricity bills, and say, you know what? Thank you for providing me this service because Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for this company, there would, would be hundreds and thousands of people without a job. If it wasn't for electricity, I wouldn't be able to have the AC on. I wouldn't be able to run my heat. I wouldn't be able to plug in my computer where I can work my business anywhere in the anywhere I want in my house versus being stuck at my desk. And just start thinking about the things that that service provided you. I know for a lot of us who have student loan debt, it's really difficult to be grateful for that when some of us have, majority of us haven't been able to find jobs in that field. I switched that story and is, you know what? I'm grateful for these student loans because it provided me an education, not through books, but also through people and the relationships I've made since then and taught me all these different lessons, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's starting to reframe that messaging again and being grateful. Gratitude anywhere and anything. And it doesn't have to just be money. It could be, you know, I'm grateful to wake up today and be alive to be on this podcast to share this message. Mm -hmm. Or I'm grateful today to have this moment with my kids and watch them um, play soccer or basketball. It's, you know, mindfulness and gratitude, I think is the biggest tools that we can take at any point in day, take 30 seconds, a minute, and just be present with ourselves and present in the moment and practice gratitude. And that will definitely keep you high vibe and in flow. So um, before you go, Tina, what is one quick uh, quote or mantra that you live by? It's my own quote. And I say, I always, I always get what I want. And if I didn't get it, I didn't want it bad enough. Mm, I like that. I might have to write that as one of my sticky notes for the week on my computer. <laughs> Do it. It's so self-empowering. Um, and I've learned my own power in manifest- manifesting. And whenever I put my mind to something, I always seem to get it. And I always seem to accomplish it, regardless of if I was going for a job and I wasn't 100% qualified, when I went in with confidence, mm-hmm. I got it. And I want to make it clear, you may not get exactly what you want. If you put your whole heart into it and you believe in it, and that's all that's manifesting, right? Law of attraction. Mm-hmm. Track what, um, When you believe in something, that's what you're pulling in. You'll get it. I usually use that not only as a self-empowering mod, uh, motto, but also a refocusing motto. Mm. When, when we're like off in our ego land and our inner critic <laughs> is talking, it's so easy to have like no clarity and our brains everywhere and we just feel overwhelmed. So I'll, I'll say that to myself, not only to like pump myself up and my inner Olivia Pope um, handling it, is it it refocuses me it's like you know what if i focus on the bad stuff the bad stuff is going to come so if Mm -hmm. i just focus on what i really want what i want to accomplish when i want to get out of this situation or how i want to feel then i'm going to get that 
Mm, yes, what you focus on expands. Mm -hmm. That's true. Now, Tina, could you complete the sentence? To me, designing a life I love means? To me, designing a life I love means being able to live on my own terms mm -hmm. and being of service to others. Oh, I love that. That could encompass anything. Today, I want to build a company where I can travel and have the freedom to be at home when I want to start my family or to travel with my husband. But I've also had this ingrained spirit since I was a kid that I've always wanted to help other people. Mm -hmm. I know that's my purpose. Mm -hmm. And I keep that semi-general because my path or whatever I want in two years might be different, but those are the core um, values that I want. I want that freedom and I want to be able to be of service to people. Now, could you share with the audience how they can actually get in touch with you and your work? Yeah, I mainly hang out on Instagram at Profit Project Co. I'm also on Facebook at that same handle. Uh, my website is www.profitproject.co. And you can also email me if you have any questions from this episode. I love sharing any insights. So you can email me at Tina Marie at profitproject.co. Thank you so much, Tina, for being a guest on the Wells Dallas podcast. It's been truly an honor to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you could be so kind to hop over and leave me a review, like, comment, and share this episode with a friend.